Hey there, boys and girls. It's your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman here, talking to you from the Batcave. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope you are having a great one. If you celebrate Christmas, I hope Santa brought you everything you wanted. And if you have little ones, I hope the same was for them. It's been a great holiday here at the Garmin household. Thanks again to all you guys for uh, not minding too much that Eddie Pence and myself took a little time off to spend with our families, recharge the batteries, and come back, hopefully, bigger and better in 2019. This is a little special end-of-the-year wrap-up episode that I uh, wanted to put together for you guys because you've been so amazing all year long, especially when it comes to contributing to the show with your opinions and your suggestions. And today's show is no different. What we're doing is a top 10 countdown of 2018 of moments on the Ralph Report. You know, every year at the end of the year, before New Year's rolls around, you see a lot of top 10 list countdowns for songs and for movies. And we thought it only appropriate to do the top 10 best moments of the Ralph Report as voted on by you, the Garmy. And thanks everybody who sent in their suggestions with uh, voicemails and emails and tweets. These were your favorite moments of the year. And what I did was I broke it all down into the top 10 and then ranked them in terms of how many people suggested that we use them on the show. So these are the top vote getters of the best moments from 2018 from the Ralph Report. Let's kick things off right away with number 10. 10. 10. This was a favorite of a lot of folks, including Ashley Macklin. Ashley, thanks for writing in. She wrote, Hi, Ralph. Loving the show as always. When I heard your suggestion about favorite moments, one immediately came to my mind that made me laugh uncontrollably and does to this day. It was during a Sex You report, I believe on myths and misconceptions, no pun intended, about sex and pregnancy, and you had just finished talking about the myth that you can't get pregnant on your period. Thank you, Ashley, for writing in, and thanks to everyone who voted for this moment. You know, Sex University gave us a lot of laughs this year. A lot of folks brought up the uh, putting things in your urethra segment, which was more painful than fun, I think. There was also sticking stuff up your butt. Uh, the sex toy segment, a lot of different Sex University segments got votes, but this one got the most. I remember it well. You know, we make fun of Eddie a lot for his mistakes. This one was mine. I misspoke in a big bad way, and it led to, well, some hilarity for Eddie and myself. Here it is, number 10. Number one, you can't get pregnant on your period. That's what the number one myth is. If you're having your period and you have sex, you can go without a, any birth control because you can't get pregnant if you're you on your period. You can get pregnant, right? That's, yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's right. the yeah. truth. You can get pregnant. That is the truth. Yeah, the myth is that you can't, can't get pregnant, and people think it's, if I'm on my period, I can just have sex with abandon because there's no way I can get pregnant. Who wants to do that anyway? But the truth is, oh, Eddie, come, I mean, on. come on! You have to love a woman all the days of the month. <laughs> Does that bother you? Does period? No, bother actually, sex no, it actually doesn't. It never. I was just trying either. to be stupid. Um, it never bothered me. It is rare. To get pregnant on your birthday, but that being said, of course, as you can imagine, wait, there's a myth you can't get pregnant on your birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I say birthday? Yeah, I was like, that, what? <laughs> That's God, we're in trouble. If people believe that. <laughs> that would be the greatest thing ever <laughs> if it was true. <laughs> no, no, that's not no. The fuck myth. me all you want. It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a thing, though. <laughs> It really should. How great would it be if you had no concerns, no STDs, and no pregnancies on your birthday? It's like the purge on your birthday. See, that's Just why we whatever. know there's no God, because if there was one, he would hook that up to make that so. No, I misspoke. You can't get pregnant on your period. I don't know where birthday came from. 
Thanks to everyone who wrote in and uh, called in and voted for You Can't Get Pregnant on Your Birthday. That was a favorite for a lot of folks. Now it's time for number nine. Nine. A lot of people liked this moment. None more, however, than Chris True Scott Brown. Chris went above and beyond the call of duty in the Garmy. Not only did he suggest this moment, which a lot of people liked, but he also put together a little audio package. He sent in his introduction and the segment edited as one audio file. I can't thank you enough, Chris. That was awesome to have you do. It was one of many moments featured on the Ralph Report this year, which revolved around the odd eating habits and tastes of your vice host, Mr. Eddie Pants. Here is number nine as presented by Garmy member Chris Truscott-Brown. Hi, I'm Chris Truscott-Brown from Kelowna, BC, Canada. And one of my favorite moments from the Ralph Report 2018 was on Thursday, September 20th, International Pepperoni Pizza Day. Now, we're already dealing with Eddie revealing that he doesn't like pepperoni pizza. But my favorite part is when Eddie says he will take the pepperoni off, eat it, then eat the pizza, Ralph's reaction afterwards is hilarious. Let's have a listen. And I know this is a go. I think I do. We'll say, I don't know. National Pepperoni Pizza Day? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. It's... <laughs> I, I, you don't eat pepperoni pizza. I like pepperoni and I like pizza. I do not like them together. I will literally take the pepperoni off the pizza, eat the pepperoni, and then eat the pizza. You fucking a, won't. I'll tell you that I'm much. Not in front of me, you won't. Tell you. You I take will. pepperoni off pizza. I don't pizza. like it on the pizza. You eat the pepperoni and then you eat the cheese pizza yeah. that's left behind. But I would never so order you a pe- consume both ingredients, but not together. But you won't eat them together. But I wouldn't even order a pepperoni pizza. I would just. Eat a cheese pizza, and then I'll have pepperoni at another time. You are a goddamn miracle. I really am. Fuck you, Andy! (laughs) (laughs) Up next is number eight. 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 And you know, uh, another one of the beloved segments here on the Ralph Report is One Hit Wonder Wednesdays. This particular Wednesday got a lot of vote from people as their favorite moment of 2018. It was Halloween time. And Eddie and I wanted to take a look at the history of the Monster Mash. Eddie did not know, however, about the many, many sequels that Bobby Boris Pickett tried to put together. Uh, The more cringeworthy (laughs) the the results, the more we enjoyed it. And at the end is a little special little present uh, that I concocted myself. Here it is, number eight. It's the one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. One-hit wonders. It's a very common tale. It is indeed. Today is Halloween, and it's a Wednesday. It's a perfect one-hit wonder combination to talk about maybe one of the most successful one-hit wonders of all time. The date, 1962. Hmm. The person, a gentleman who was an aspiring actor in Los Angeles, struggling like the rest of the acting world out there, (laughs) just trying to earn a buck out there. Rub two pennies together. He's trying to get a gig on television or in film, and meanwhile, he's uh, moonlighting as a singer for a band called The Cordials, going out at night and performing there in clubs while going to auditions during the day. And he also was a bit of a comedian, used to do some impressions as well. And one of the funny things he used to do with his band called The Cordials was while they're performing a cover of the classic Diamonds song, the doo-wop song, Little Darlin'. Oh, little darlin', bop. 
You know that song? Yeah. There's a there's a middle section that's spoken. And that song goes, my darling, I need you. And there's a big, like, spoken part. Uh, so to make other his bandmates laugh, he would get out there and he would do that section as horror movie actor Boris Karloff. <laughs> he would say, my darling, I need you. And he would try to make everyone laugh that way. And the audience loved it. So the band said to him, you know what you should do? You should have Boris Karloff doing a song, maybe a holiday song, maybe a Halloween song. And that's... How the Monster Mash was That's born. Crazy. The Monster Mash was uh, this guy, Bobby Boris Pickett, as he came to be known, uh, just singing as Boris Karloff, telling the story about raising his monster off the slab. And at the time, 1962, there was a very popular dance craze called the Mashed Potato. And a lot of kids in the discotheques were dancing to the Mashed Potato. And so they took the monster and they made the monster do the mash. <laughs> and the rest is history. Here's a little taste of the Monster Mash. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise, he did, the mash. he did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the, mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast, the ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the they did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. Monster mash was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in that year, 1962, for the week of October 20th through October 27th, as you can imagine. That's crazy. But that song lives on every year. It gets brought back from the dead, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> to be celebrated over and, and over and over again. construction worker that no one knew his name. <laughs> this song, by the way, was re-released several times here in the U.S. and charted two additional times in August of 1970 and in May of 1973. It's funny, the BBC banned the record from being played on the air in the U.K. in 1962 because they said the song was too morbid. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. They took it a little too seriously, little perhaps. Because it had something coming back from the dead and stuff. They thought the content was inappropriate to be played on the BBC. Isn't Frankenstein, isn't Mary, who wrote Frankenstein? Mary, Mary uh, Shelley, Shelley right? yeah. Is she from England? I don't know if she's a Brit or not. Oh, but, maybe not. Uh, I'm probably wrong on that. <laughs> sure I am. You know what? Now we got to look God it up. Or else we're going to get so, we're gonna get phone calls. We're going to get emails. Please hold. We appreciate your business. Please continue to hold. And we're back. And guess what, boys and girls? Eddie! How about that? Halloween treat. It's a Halloween miracle. A great pumpkin showed up. Not all miracles happen on Christmas. (laughs) Every once in a while, you got a Halloween miracle as well. Eddie! Yeah, Mary Shelley was indeed an English author. She was British. That's very hypocritical of the... I don't the know. UK. Well, why would they ban her this song if that was the case? You're absolutely right. But it was re-released in the United Kingdom in 1973, where it peaked at number three. 
in early October. As I mentioned, it was re-released again in 1970, 1973. It's been on the charts many times, and Bobby Barris Pickett, before he passed away in 2007, tried many, many times to recapture some of that past glory. He had so many songs, Eddie, you would be surprised. (laughs) Like our very own John Cooperman. He is. He was like the John Cooperman of his day. Uh, Besides the B-side of that single, which was the Monster Mash Party, which I think is a bit of a cheat. You can't have Monster Mash on one side and then Monster Mash Party on the other side. Trying to spread a little thin there, I think. In 1964, Eddie, when the mashed potato dance craze had uh, waned, there was a new dance craze on the horizon, and that was the swim. Everybody was doing the swim. The swim. Yeah. So, of course, he tried again in 1964 with a new single. What do you think it was called? The Monster Swim? The Monster no, Swim. No, it wasn't. Absolutely. Oh, no, it was not. <laughs> Something like the zombie, but not so slow. A lot like the grave digger, but not so low. We can't do the monkey or even the dog, cause they've both been eaten by the blob. We do the swim. It's a poolside smack. The monster swim. It's bigger than the man. Yeah, it turns out it was not bigger oh than the God. mash. That made me sad. That, <laughs> oh. Like I really got sad listening to that. Oh, it gets so much sadder. Oh, no, it does not. Because in 1965, Eddie, <laughs> oh, the Watusi was the big dance oh, craze. Please. It was the Watusi. And Monster Watusi, I don't think, just sounded right to uh, Bobby <laughs> Boris Pickett. So he made it the Werewolf Watusi uh. that was released in 1965. We got inside, <laughs> and there on the floor, what we saw gave us quite a fright. One hundred and fifty wiggling wolves, and it was out of sight. Yeah. You're right, I'm sadder. That was the uh, werewolf Watusi. Then he tried for a a ballad, a love ballad. Me and My Mummy was the name of the song, and (sighs) the story of a young boy who falls in love with a mummy, and surprisingly, America did not embrace it and make it a number one hit. I saw the face of the mummy last night. I fell in love with this hideous sight. This is like a sad. It's like a sad musical journey. (laughs) It's so depressing. Then in the 1980s, Eddie, in the 1980s, no rap, rap started to come into fashion. He did not. And uh, Bobby Barris Pickett saw an opportunity, and he said, "Well, if the Monster Mash capitalized on the kids in the 60s, a month the Monster Rap." Would certainly be a. Smash he wasn't aware hit. of all the other failures. Well, you know, look, he just kept swinging. If you're a, if you're an artist, you have to keep creating your art. <laughs> and he created the monster rap. Oh my god! Still working in the lab late these nights. With eyes grown used to eerie sights, I created a monster who could dance and walk, but I couldn't teach him how to talk. My faithful assistant, that hunchback fool who wastes his time in DJ school, says, "Have to get him. Don't be a." Shock the body, 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 shock the body
What the the band that encouraged him to do this in the '60s? Why did they not stop him? Oh, they were long gone by then. He moved on. He didn't need oh, them. Oh my, listen to that genius. He oh doesn't need my any help. God! Then in the early 2000s, Eddie, uh, Bobby Barr's ticket. Pick, excuse me, Bobby <laughs> Barris took his life. Picket oh, did not take his life. It. He got serious. Oh, he got serious. He wanted to help the world be a better place. He was mm-hmm. tired of fooling around, and he made his first protest song. He was unhappy with what was happening with climate change. And so he created a song called The Climate Mash that was directed to then-President George Bush and the oil companies who were polluting our planet. And he was, uh, he was worried about the condition of the ecosystem. And so... Still is Boris Koloff. Right? Oh, yes, of okay, course. Okay, yes. okay. All right. Just so he, sure. he released, he released sure. The Climate Mash. We were hiking past the White House late one night when our eyes beheld an eerie sight. The president appeared with folks very strange, the zombies and vampires of global climate change. It's not global warming, say oil company disciples. Our math tells us it's natural weather cycles. These claims from industry heavies let the president rest behind his own protective levies. They're doing the climate mad. Real science is bad. Solutions are tried. And they do it for the cash. Now, why Boris Karloff is singing about climate change, I couldn't quite put together for you. Then... Bobby Boris Pickett, obviously, towards the end of his life, didn't really give a shit anymore. Wait. And he released one more song based upon his lifelong fascination with kinky sex. I was working in the lab late one night when my new girlfriend gave me such a fright she was dressed all in leather with a riding crop she said put this on because i'm the top he wore the mask it was a bondage mask the bondage mask she didn't bother to ask he wore the mask she did poppers from a flask he wore the mask it was a bondage mask i was scared to death my noodle was limp I put on the mask and I looked like the gimp. She spanked my ass cheeks until they were red. And suddenly my penis rose from the dead. He wore the mask. It was a bondage mask. The bondage mask. She didn't bother to ask. He wore the mask. She did poppers from a flask. He wore the mask. It was a bondage mask. Mm, maskers. All right, maybe that last one, maybe that wasn't for real. Maybe, maybe that was. See, I would have respected him more. That was me having a little fun, but all the other ones, I promise you, that was a swan song. Were absolutely real, and he passed away in 2007. But at least he left behind a massive body of work for us to enjoy. (laughs) The same song for many, many years. The same song over and over and over again. Next up, it's number seven. 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 This moment was a big vote getter. Uh, Once again, featuring the vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. So many people called in to suggest this. Here's one of them. Okay, uh, you're talking about highlights of the show and, you know, the best of 2018 for the Ralph Report. And I have to say, 
like ever since it happened in my darkest time, when I'm feeling my lowest, there's one name that comes into my head, and it's Cardigan Backyard again. Ah, yes. Who could forget Eddie Pence believing that Cardi B's real name was Cardigan Backyardigan? Here's the moment. Christopher Samaris, I want to say his name is, he wrote in, Chris is a four-star general, and he wrote, uh, seriously, I am concerned that our Mr. Eddie Pence may have no idea when he's reading fake news. Come on, Eddie, <laughs> keep up with the funny Chris. And he sent in a link, and it had to do with a topic we covered yesterday, uh, not yesterday, but Friday, on Friday's show, in the showbiz beat, about rapper Cardi B. Rapper Cardi B. She is the, the most popular female rapper, certainly, in the world right now. And we were doing a story about her. She got into some trouble at a strip club in New York where one of the bartenders there was messing with her man offset, and she didn't care for that. And Eddie Pence volunteered some information about Cardi B that I was not aware of. And I want to replay that for you really, really quickly, if I can. Apparently, the dancer was accused of sleeping with Offset. And so Cardi B and her crew, which apparently have some affiliations with the Bloods, they say. Is Cardi B Cardigan Backyardigan? Is that her name? Is that who that is? Cardigan Backyardigan. Is there someone called Cardigan Backyardigan? I don't know. Wow. I think that's Maybe. A name. I think that's a name. It's I, very I just possible. read it. Is wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. <laughs> and I used to. I'm learning. Because in the old days, I'd be like, yeah, sure. I would just agree with that because I would assume he would know what he was talking about. But this time, you, you, if you heard me there, I'm just neutral. I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm backing away from this. This is all you. You own this one. Eddie! Yeah. Uh, turns out that that information was part of a big online joke. Oh. It was a big uh, meme, if you will, on social media where someone made a joke about rappers' real names. It started with one guy, uh, at Riders of Rohan, who posted the following tweet. Uh, Ice Cube's real name is Icelandic Cubicle. <laughs> that was the joke, you see. And then a bunch of other people started piling oh. on those jokes by coming up with the real names of other rappers. One of them, which was Cardi B's real name, is Cardigan Backyardigan. <laughs> Which is not the case at all. Her real name is uh, Bacallus Alamazar. So that would not be a real thing. But Eddie, not being a discerning reader of the news, just, apparently just takes it all I in. I just take it truth. all in. I was just scrolling through Facebook and it popped up. Like, yeah. That's true. Eddie is wrong. <laughs> Here are some of the others, by the way. I don't know if Eddie believed these two or not. but these true. Were, these were some of the other uh, real rapper names that showed up on Twitter over the weekend. J. Cole, they said his real name is Julius Coleslaw. That, that is not true either, Eddie, in case you wanted to know. Snoop Dogg, they said his real name was Snoopered Doggett. No, that's not it at all. Bow Wow, they said his real name was Boward Woward. That is not the case. T-Pain, T-Pain, they claimed his real name was Tylenol Pain Relief. Oh, good for him. It is not, in fact, Tylenol Pain Relief. Offset. Uh, we're just talking about him, uh, a Cardi B's man. Offset, they said his real name was Office Settings. That isn't the truth. Wiz Khalifa, Wizard Khalizard. That's not real either. Uh, 50 Cent, 50 Cent. They said his real name is 50th Century. That is not true, Eddie. And Lil Pump, 
They said his name was Lillian Pumpernickel, and that is also not <laughs> well, true. When you read so them in all case the... you run across any of those, Eddie, I want you to know none of those, in fact, When you read them all together names. like that, it's obviously a joke. Eddie! One it's pops long. up. Yeah. One pops up here or there. It's like, oh, I could take that as true. Cardigan Backyardigan. All right. Coming in at number six. Six. Well, I think Lucas Hipkins said it best in his email. My vote is for the introduction of the holiday holiday jingle, the original without the backing music. Yes, John Cooperman made a name for himself this year by sending in the jingle for holiday or holiday, the segment that we opened the show with. And by the way, thanks to Brandon Rohrbacher, who suggested that idea that we make it a regular segment. And John Cooperman rose to the challenge and took it upon himself to come up with a jingle for that segment. Uh, forevermore making a legendary moment in Ralph Report history. Let's start off the show the way we do every episode, by taking a look at the big calendar of holidays, national and international holidays, or so they claim. We take a look at all of them on this day, and we let you know what we say okay to, and what we say is not a holiday. Holiday. Uh, this segment was suggested, by the way, by a guy named Brandon Rohrbacher. So I do want to give him uh, credit for the, the architect. He was the architect of the idea <laughs> to, to do this in every episode. So, Brandon, thanks so much. But now I've got an extra thank you to send out to John Kupperman. John sent in this email. He says, hi, Ralph. Been a listener since day one of the Ralph Report and a longtime radio listener. I don't listen to that station anymore, by the way, he wrote. Good for you, John. Yeah, fuck that station. Um, I thought you would like this. It is a theme for holiday or holiday. Ah. Love the show. Love the vice host. Show is really rounding out well. Keep it going. My mornings to work suck without you. Talk soon, John. So thank you, John. Thank you so much. He sent in a theme song for holiday or holiday, the segment where we choose whether we can celebrate these holidays or not. Here's the thing. John does not have any uh, musical Talent. ability, <laughs> as far as I can tell, because there is no... Um, I suffer the same affliction. There's no instrumental oh. aspect of this. Is this acapella? Of this theme. It is completely acapella. <laughs> so it may not be our long-term solution to a theme for this segment. stopgap. That's fine. But at least it's a temporary <laughs> fix. And now we have a segment, a, a jingle rather, for this segment, Holiday or Holiday. <laughs> Here is a member of the Garmy, John Kupperman. There you go. <laughs> One more time. One more time. Here's our jingle for holiday. Holiday. I just picture him at a stoplight in his iPhone. Yeah. Just recording. Fading himself out. That's spectacular, John. Good for you. You got a future in this business, kid. Oh. The, I like spunk. You got spunk, kid. Oh, you're a, oh, that's like beatboxing. That's great. Whew, that was magical. Oh, John, you gave me the best laugh of the week. Thank <laughs> you, sir. Now it's time for number five. 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 And we're back to Eddie Pence and his stomach. Uh, Eddie is quick to gag. 
He has a hair trigger gag reflex, especially when it comes to foods he finds uh, disgusting or distasteful. There were plenty of moments this year that had Eddie retching. However, this one got the most votes. I'm saying maybe not for Eddie, but we'll, we'll find out. All right. This is also enjoyed in Italy and in many countries around the world. Not so much here in the United States, but it's starting to grow on us. Some cultures do. It is world... Tripe day. Tripe. Have you ever had any delicious tripe? What's a, Eddie? What's a tripe? Well, sounds I'm like a, a fish. I'm a. It's not a fish no. at all. It's come from, it's from cattle. Okay. It's from farm animals. Okay. But I'm afraid to tell you what it is because is it like they, brain. No. 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 It's uh, it's delicious. I can tell you that much. Is and I wish other? we had some for you to taste <laughs> because I think you would like it if you didn't know what it was. I is think it, what it, where it comes from on the animal is going to be. Is it around the crotch gonna, it's area? Create a disservice <laughs> for whether you enjoy it or not. It will have tripe. Is it popular in the Latino culture, for example? They eat a lot of. Is tripe. it the taint of the cow? It's not the taint. No, tripe is the stomach of the of the animal. I've had that is. before. I've actually had it. You've had tripe? Yeah. You've had stomach? I had, a, well, I had a, a menudo. Okay, yeah. Tripe is a menudo. I was tricked yeah. into eating menudo. You weren't time. tricked into I was. It. You were offered up some delicious menudo. I was menudo. bartending, and I came in to open up for the morning for the lunch shift, and the morning cooks were in, and right. they were all- They were a little hungover. They were all Spanish. Right. And they had made this big pot of what looked like soup, and I was starving because I'd just come in. And they're like, here, have this. And they're all laughing as they hand it to me. And I'm like, oh, what is it? And I take a bite and I look down. It, it was like that scene in uh, Temple of Doom when the eyeballs floated up in no, the soup. No, it wasn't. And I saw like the inside of the stomach with like the little fingers of the in line of the stomach. And I was like, oh, did you tr- did you taste it? Yeah, I did. And it was good. No, because oh. I everything happened at once. So it's all captured in my head at once. Yes. I don't know if cow stomach is in menudo. Or if it, they use mostly cow. And here's menudo? the thing. Cows have four different stomachs. And each stomach produces a different kind of tripe. There's like oh. four different tripes that come from the four I'll different stomachs. I'll never know stomachs. that. One of the linings has sort of like a honeycombed, like a, like a bubbly Ugh. sort of... <laughs> <laughs> a bubbled sort of surface to it. And that's oh. the best one to sort of... <laughs> that's really making me gag right now. <laughs> oh, it's, uh. It captures like the sauce or the gravy that you put on it. Kind of <laughs> you gotta stop. You really gotta... I'm really... I'm really... Ga- that's really making me gag. Oh my god, that's, that is so gross. <laughs> and some of it is smoother. You know, there's different kinds of tripe from different kinds of animals, and which stomach it comes from. But I don't. It's all. I really don't want to throw me back, cave, dude. I'm really. <laughs> there's a bathroom behind. I know, you. but I won't make it. Oh, mm. All right, we'll that was really gross. We'll stop then. Anyway, oh honeycomb. Oh, <laughs> that, that was legitimate, folks. I'm watching it happen right here in oh front my of God. my eyes. I probably look pale. Oh, you don't look good. Oh that's for God. sure. Coming in at number four. Four. Happy to say that my wife Carrie is a, a very popular fixture on the show here. A lot of people liked hearing her on the Ralph Report in 2018 especially in our little couples adventures, which there will be more coming in 2019. I know we kind of slacked off because Carrie got really busy, but uh, we've got some planned for 2019. The most popular of these couple adventures, however, for some reason, you people liked hearing me in pain. Here I am getting my crotch waxed. The original plan, by the way, was to get a full uh, Australian, they call it, wax for men, Brazilian for a woman, where you take all the hair off below the belt. Well, we started in the uh, the crease, the uh, the groin area, 
for me, and that's when things took a turn, and I opted out. Here is a little piece of me getting my crotch waxed. Yeah. This area isn't super sensitive, so it's going to be fine. Uh-huh. There we go. We'll see. There we are. <laughs> the wax feels good going on, that's for it sure. It does. It's, it's strangely soothing, yeah, right? Yeah, it feels very nice yeah, and warm going like, on. smells like campfires, too, when yeah. you can smell it. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's only when it comes Going on, off. good. Coming off, bad. Yes. <laughs> it's true. So I always say um, getting waxed the first time is the hardest. It's like sex. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Uh-huh. It probably isn't the greatest event. Yeah. But if you continue, it gets easier uh-huh. and nicer. Right. It does. It's true. <laughs> All right, so we're always going to tell you when we're doing this. I yeah. I'm going to surprise you. Breathe in. Okay. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Holy shit. So if you look, you can see how deep those hairs are. Like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Right? So that's all like those, a quarter inch at least that's, that's, coming out of underneath oh, the... Like, he's got some seriously deep follicle. Yeah, wow. I sure do. It's like a freaking porcupine. That, you, that sure hurt. Wow. Right? So uh, who knew you had such deep follicles? Who knew? Right? I knew I was a right, deep so we're guy. Put this one down yeah. and this one up. And out. Jeez. Oh, good times. I think the Australian's off the table at this point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you're you're being quicker. super, super deep inside. Good times. All right, breathe in. And out. Come on. That is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sorry that the two women are laughing at you. I'm so sorry. Yes. But you know, women I, that do this are insane. No, we're so hardcore. We're so hardcore. Well, you have to remember, so there are a couple of things that I do tell my male clients. One is that men actually have more pain receptors. So you do feel it more. They're also closer to the surface of the skin. So you literally are feeling it more intensely than we do. Oh, son of a gun. So there's a reason. There is a reason. Is it also just because men are wimps? Oh, right. Men? Easy. No, it's not. It's just they really do actually feel it more intensely. Yeah. All right. So we're just going to do this section. Okay. Ow. Oh. All right. We're done. That's it. <laughs> well. Come on. You might need to even it out a little bit. I was going to say, do you really want to tap out or do you want to finish the other side? Finish the other okay, side. Cool. I don't want to be lopsided. Okay, but, cool. I agree. But this is as good as it's going to get. All right. You're awesome. I am not awesome. You are. You did fantastic. I am, uh, I am big crybaby, but it <laughs> hurts like a motherfucker. Oh, no. My thanks again to Sybil Solon. She was the lady in charge of my waxing there. She does an amazing job. And I have to say, of all the Garmy members, she probably knows me more intimately than anyone at this point, having uh, been down around my crotch region. And then, of course, later on in that same adventure, I was on all fours getting my butt waxed as well. And that went pretty well. But the crotch area, not so much. Now it's time for number three. 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 Number three involved our beloved UK correspondent, Mr. Steve Ashton. Steve was in town recently because we did our second live The Ralph Report down there in Irvine, California at the Improv. And we invited Steve to stay here at the Garmy compound to be our house guest, which was wonderful. We had such a blast. There was a lot of alcohol consumed and a lot of laughter. But I was surprised at the bonding that went on between Steve Ashton and Reggie the Wonder Dog. Here is Steve talking about their unique and special relationship. We haven't done much, no. to be honest. Um, no, it's been a lot of work and a lot of drinking and a lot of sitting around the house. Yeah. Yeah. But so be that. 
so but it's been a really nice sitting about you know what I mean it's been really nice hanging out and not doing much in fact it's perfect for me I, I don't I'm not a big that at school you have to go and do something because you are somewhere you know I'm, I fucking hate all that yeah. so let's go and show him the this or let's go and take him to this place I'm not let's that's go to not the me. Hollywood sign and get a photo and I mean do you know what I mean I can yeah. fucking get download that off online so I'm not that person so it's been perfect for me this last week so well my wife adores you my kid adores you my dog adores you they have excellent taste I don't care for you so much but the rest of the family <laughs> seems to be very enamored with you can so, I tell one quick story of course so yes. today watch we were watching the Eagles game <laughs> we are recording this on a Sunday uh, after which uh, the brutal uh, heartbreaking loss of the Eagles against the Dallas Cowboys and I was sitting there quietly minding my own business obviously you were getting very emotional about the game when you scored and when you were scored against yes I was and uh Reggie was sitting on my sitting next to me. He was perfectly happy, and he's a bit of a skittish kind of nervy kind of dog. He's a neurotic mess, is yeah. what he is. So I was stroking him. He kind of looked at me, opened his legs, <laughs> full licked his balls, like, <laughs> and he almost did it like he he wanted me to watch him because he looked he, he looked at me. He he went like this. He went. He looked at me and then went and licked and then looked back up at me as if to say, fucking, there you go. Have a, have a bash on that. Um, and then, and then he got up on his, got up and back up on his feet and came over and licked my face. Yes. He's sharing with you. He's sharing, sharing of his, himself with you. His ball sweat he can keep to himself. But he literally did it like as if to say, fucking, come on, nosh down on that, governor. Get your gums, get your gums around me plums, <laughs> almost, and then just licked my fucking. <laughs> get your lipstick around me dog dick, and then. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, you killed me! Oh my god! Dirty boy. Yes, Reggie's in love with you. Get your gums around my plums will forevermore be my favorite way of describing that particular activity. That came from my interview with Steve Ashton. And number two, two. is also from an interview. This, I have to say, of all the interviews I did all year long, and I did a bunch of celebrity interviews with a lot of great people. And thanks to everyone from Jimmy Kimmel to John Cryer to Jim Jeffries to Chris Harrison. I, I could go on and on and on. So many of my friends showed up and helped me out by being on the show this year. But by far, the number one most popular interview was my drunken interview with Eric Stone Street. Uh, Eric's a friend, and we got together at his house, and we cracked a bottle of bourbon, expecting to have a couple drinks. We didn't have a couple. We had a couple dozen, and things got drunker and sloppier, and some would say funnier as the interview went on. The second biggest vote-getter for favorite moment of 2018 was this portion of my interview of Eric Stone Street, where we had a bit of a disagreement. I mean, I was close friends with Adam West, who played TV's Batman for many years. <clears throat> Pete Lecoq's son, a dad. What's that? Pete Lecoq was a first baseman for the Kansas City Royals, and Adam West is his dad. No, no he isn't. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. Wait, hold on. I know Adam's family very well. Wait, Pete no... Lecoq was our first baseman. I know I can't keep saying Pete Lecoq enough. <laughs> you are laughing so hard right now. But hold on. 
We have to Google this. Pete Lecoq. Stop saying <laughs> Pete No, Lecoq. I will not. First of all. I will not. Pete Lecoq. I know all of Adam's family very well. I was with them at Adam West Day at his hometown of Walla Walla, Washington. Okay. We, we're, we're, very, we're intimately connected, I, I'm, Adam's family and myself, and none of his sons are named Pete, or more importantly, <laughs> Lecoq. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Which translates to... The cock. Hold on. Literally, what it translates into. Hold on. I'm Googling this in real Please time. Please do. He's got, he's got two sons, Hunter Anderson and Perrin Anderson. Those are his two sons. Wait, all the Perrin rest are all daughters. No, it English. does not. None of that is true. Okay. You completely fucking railroad my one. Peter Marshall. Peter Marshall is not Adam West. Who's Peter Marshall, though? Peter Marshall was the host of a, of a, of a game show, uh, Hollywood Squares. Whew. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> Peter Marshall, I thought was Peter Batman. Marshall was the host of Hollywood Squares. Oh, my God. Here I've been thinking Peter Marshall was a Batman for years. Really? Since I've been a kid. I swear to but God. But you've seen Batman, right? You've seen yeah, the but, TV show Batman? But I thought there was more than one Batman. What? Like Superman's. Like, remember there was a multiple Supermans? There was one TV Superman, George Reeves. I know I'm so in your world right now. You and are. I have no business You're being really in it. pissing me off I'm right sorry. now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to leave my own home <laughs> <laughs> because I have that much respect for you and your superhero. Peter Marshall was the host of Hollywood Squares, the game show Hollywood Squares. So, Paul Lynn for the block. He'd be that guy. Who? Yes, that guy. You can't tell me that looks a little... It like, looks why? nothing like... Pull up a picture of Adam West, TV's Batman, and I'm, you'll see a very different person. I'm humiliated. Have you never watched the TV show Batman? You must have seen a couple of them at some point. Even you. Even in between hugging the pigs and, and wishing on a horse, you must have at some point seen a TV series called Batman. Adam West. Hold on. I'm Googling him. All right. I know who he is. I mean, obvious. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is this is humiliating. I have been bested. <laughs> my lord, son. So anyway, back to my story before I got derailed by Pete Lecoq. <laughs> you mean Pete the cock? And now here it is, the moment you've been waiting for. Coming in at number one. Oh, I feel like Casey Kasem. Coming in at number one in the countdown. One. This was by far the biggest vote getter, and I think perhaps because it was the most recent ridiculously funny moment of the Ralph Report. It was listener Craig who called in to the hotline drunk, and I was using him as an example of, well, maybe don't drunk dial the Ralph Report hotline, which for those of you who don't know, the number is 1-833-HI-RALPH. And I was saying you don't necessarily have to call in after you've been boozing. Bad things usually result when that happens, and sometimes hilariously funny things. Here is Craig, drunk dialing the Ralph Report hotline, and here is me and your vice host, Eddie Pence, trying to figure out what he's saying. Also, when it comes to the Ralph Report hotline, and it's hard for me to say this as a, uh, a drinking man, you don't need to call us really when you're drunk. You know, that's not a good idea. <laughs> don't, don't drunk dial the don't, Ralph Report. Don't drunk and call. You'll only hurt someone you love or yourself. <laughs> if it's a great idea when you're drunk to call us, sleep on it and see if it's still a great yeah, idea. Write it morning. down, sleep on it. This gentleman maybe didn't have to call us. That's all I'm saying. Hey, Ralph. Uh, Craig here with the Camelot Rats. Um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> just wanted to say, I know it's been a while since I drunk down. Yes, so mm -hmm. sorry. 
But it's your fault. Oh my god, eggnog and brandy is literally the best thing that ever happened in my life. Uh, and I would never would have think to drink it. And I can't even talk without you and watching Eddie eating salmon moose. Fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, son. Woo! You know what's great about drunk people? What's that? Is how simple they make life. It's true, and I can observe that from the sober point of view, where like how they just find the thing that makes them happy, and like this is the greatest. thing. It's alcohol. That's what makes them happy. Eggnog and brandy is the greatest thing, thing, greatest thing that ever happened to me, (laughs) and And I wouldn't even know how to drunk it. (laughs) It Wasn't for you, Eddie, you know, and salmon moose. Where did he say he was from at the beginning? I, 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 let's listen again. I got nothing on that. I was trying to decipher it the whole time I was putting this call together to, to put it on the show, and I, nothing. Let's see if you can make something out of it. Here's a go. Hey, Ralph. Uh, Craig here with the Camel Rats. Um, <laughs> no I just wanted to say Craig I know you're a lot of a drunk cantaloupe vat. Sorry, <laughs> but it's your fault. All right, let's try that one more time. It, it sounds like. Craig here. Kettle of rats. Kettle, uh, kettle of rats. Kettle of rats. Maybe a kettle of rats. Kettle of rats. Hey, Ralph. Uh, Craig here with a kettle of rats. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> Craig here with a kettle of rats. I think that's his buddies. Hey, Ralph. Uh, Craig here with a kettle of rats. Um, <laughs> just wanted to say, I know. Maybe it's a kennel of rats. Maybe kennel. He's, a, he's got a kennel of rats. Maybe he's he a breed, rat dealer. He breeds rats. Maybe. One more time. Hey, Ralph. Uh, Craig here with the Kennel of Rats. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Kennel of maybe Rats. Maybe it's his local watering hole, the Kennel of Rats. That's what it's called. He's at the Kennel of Rats. That's the worst pub name ever. Hey, do you want to go down to the Kennel of Rats and get a few pints? <laughs> well, it goes without saying, someday when I retire from using my voice for a living and I open up a little pub somewhere, Kennel of Rats will be the name of that establishment. And there you have it. Those are the top 10 best moments of the Ralph Report from 2018, as voted on by you, the Garmy. And speaking of you, as always, as I look back over this year and what an amazing year it has been, none of it would be possible without you. And you may get tired of hearing me say this, but I never will stop. Thank you so much, each and every one of you who support the show. It means everything, not only your uh, your listener support, but your contributions, your suggestions, Your engagement with the show really is what keeps it going. So let's do it again in 2019. And I hope 2019 is your best year yet. May it bring you closer to fulfilling your dreams. And may you and the people that you love have much health and much happiness in the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. Eddie Pence and I will return on January 3rd with a brand new The Ralph Report. Until then, have fun, stay safe, and I will talk to you soon. I love you. I mean it. Bye.